gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh Tionangst, and today we are back with another podcast episode and continuing our mini period, our mini run, or I guess our mini series of the play and start of the postseason from April 7th to April 17th. I hope you guys have been enjoying this. So a little different. But I'm just going to be making a quick podcast episode today. Just summarizing the Pelicans game and the Raptors game. I have a lot that I want to get into. But I'm going to make it a little bit shorter today. I'm not going to talk about Friday's game as such. I'll talk about that when it comes on Friday. Um... How do I want to do this? I think how I want to do today's podcast episode is just talk about these two games. Get this done like in 20-25 minutes. Then for your guys' enjoyment, I'm going to be on Friday breaking down the Zion Williamson situation. And then I will be talking about all the news heading into the weekend. Just one more podcast. Just nice and short before we get back into all of the breaking news and such. Remember, guys, you know where to find me. You know that you can find me on social media everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, twitter.com slash courtsideheat, instagram.com slash courtsideheatmba, and facebook.com slash courtsideheat. Those are my two biggest, uh, three biggest platforms. But to be honest, Twitter is definitely my most used platform, my favorite platform, and one I use constantly without fail. So, you guys know that my podcast is on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, everywhere and anywhere. It is just there. It's locked and loaded. So, do not be hesitant to subscribe to all or to all of the platforms if it's your favorite or just one of them. We are just going to be coming out with tons of content the next week. So, just get buckled up for them. With that being said, let's jump into today's podcast episode. And I'm actually kind of happy. One of the two games went my way. I predicted the Thunder were going to win, and the Thunder did just that. I feel bad for the Pelicans. I do, because CJ Ingram are there. And I like Willie Green because he was a former Suns assistant coach. But... I thought this was going to be a hard enough battle, and it was. But I thought it was going to get, uh, it's going to be thin. It was going to be heavy at times. But I thought the Thunder were going to pull away, and that's what they did. I told you that there was going to be a battle between Shea Gilgeous Alexander and Brandon Ingram. That happened. They only had a two point difference. Both combined, uh, they combined for sixty two points. Shea had thirty two. Brandon had thirty. Lou Dort had 27, and I guess if you want to have him versus um, Trey Murphy the third, he they just outscored him. If you look at the starting five, 
versus the Pelicans starting five, you can tell that they definitely had their number. At least on the big guys. Both Jalen Williams did struggle. It was beyond the stats for them offensively and defensively. They played their part, but definitely, definitely interesting to say the least with the amount of shots being attempted. Those two combined for 1 of 12 from deep. Yeah. Not the greatest, but look. They contributed defensively and they contributed in different ways. Um, look. It was a very good game. From what I didn't get to watch the game. But from what I heard and from what I reviewed. This was a very close game statistically. And the final score was... 123 to 118. The largest lead, because I know OKC had the 39 to 24 for a quarter, but the largest lead for them was 10. 10 for the Thunder, 9 for the Pelicans. So it was very close. Points to the paint was very close, 58 52. So very interesting. Rebounds 10 more, that goes in favor of the Pelicans. They shot around the same for field goal percentage. Like, if you look at the numbers, you're like, wow, the Pelicans are a little more efficient. It's actually funny if you break this down. Both teams had 30-plus free throws, but get this. They edged them out of free free throws made. Why is that important? Because they both teams made the same number of shots, 42. But the only difference, and when you break that down, the Thunder had two more made frees and three more made free throws than New Orleans Pelicans. That says a lot. And I think when that gets broken down that way, it makes sense. Like, turnovers were same. The points off turnovers were different. Fast break points were the same. Fouls were pretty much the same. Pretty, pretty evenly matched. Like, there, there was even some controversy between Josh Richardson and Josh Giddy. Uh, Giddy got hit below the bell. He was trying to charge after uh, Josh Richardson. Richardson got, um, I think it was just a flagrant foul, but he had a flagrant one. Which makes sense. You can't hit a guy in the groin saying you get away with it. I have a Draymond Green. Draymond Green done that a lot. Still, I still remember when Draymond did that to Steven Adams. But anyways, so this was very close. This was very contested. Because you could see first quarter 32-29 OKC. Second quarter 34-25 New Orleans. Then it gets flipped on its head where it's 39-24 OKC. Then it gets tied up in the fourth quarter 31-27. It was an absolute banger of a game from the highlights that I saw, from pretty much everything that I saw. Everyone just balled out. Sure, were there some moments in there where it had you scratching your head? Look, that's going to be in a majority of NBA games played, whether it's the preseason, regular season, or postseason. That, that's just playing the game of basketball. There's going to be some interesting moments, some head-scratching moments, and vice versa for the more positive sides of the game of basketball. But Shea Gilded Alexander and Josh Giddy were locked in. They both uh, they both had thirty plus points. They combined for uh sixty three. 
And if you add Lou Dortz into the mix, those three, the big three, if you technically want to call them that, had 90. How significant is that? Their bench, it was fine that the bench struggled shooting-wise, but they didn't get many shots besides Isaiah Joe. He had five shots, only made 20%, doesn't really matter. The bench was what it was. Both benches were inefficient if you look at it statistically, the offensive, the statistics, right? Josh Richardson, nine points. Jackson Hayes, six points. And you, um, I'm sorry. Is it, is it, it's not, it's not Najee, is it? Hold on. Yeah, Najee Marshall, sorry. I was thinking of Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry. My brain's just everywhere right now. But then you saw Marshall, two points. They combined for 17. So if you go look over here for OKC's bench, four. Yeah, so 14. And what did I say over here? What? 17? Yeah, so it was a three-point difference. So evenly matched for the bench. But I told you guys this that this was going to be an evenly matched game. I think we couldn't make any mistake about that. And it was just going to be two solid teams. If you're throwing out the standings. Because a lot happened this season that shaped up their records. But I'm not going to dive deep into that right now. If you really do look at it, it's like, wow. You have pre two pretty solid teams going at it. Going at it. And it was very close. They battled back from, I guess you would say, major leads, large leads. They just bowed. They hustled. Like, it was very entertaining to listen to, to see, different things like that. Like, this is this was a very good game. It was. And I'm happy that postseason games are close. Especially when this is a must-win game for both teams. But with that being a must-win team... Uh, must win game. The team that is sent packing home is the New Orleans Pork. Uh, a Pork. I almost called Porkins. I don't know why I'm trying to combine Portland. Okay, New Orleans Pelicans. Fine, fine. It's just my stupid brain. But no. So with that being said, Pelicans have been eliminated. The Thunder are moving on to play their second game against the Timberwolves on Friday. I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. But the Thunder will be taking on the Timberwolves. I'm not going to be giving you guys my predictions yet. Again, that will be coming tomorrow's episode. So subscribe and get ready for that. But yeah, so 10th seed versus 8th seed to find out the 8th seed. The team, the, we're finding out. The Nuggets will be facing either the Thunder or the Timberwolves. I prefer the Thunder over the Timberwolves just because I think it would be a very interesting matchup. Nikhil Jokic versus Shea Gilles Alexander. I think it would be very cool. I think the East will have two great matchups if you're just focusing on John Moran versus LeBron James and then Nikhil Jokic versus... Um, I'm sorry. What's the name? What's his name? Shagos Alexander, the Suns, Shree of Kawhi Leonard and Devin Booker or Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, but I don't know. 
I don't know. I think the mainstream media and I think other local outlets would be hyping up if you had to look in the West. I think maybe a Shago Alexander and Nikhil Jokic matchup over a KD and the Claw matchup. But I don't know. I'll actually have to think about that. But yeah, so Thunder advancing. They're going to be going up since Timberwolves on the final day of the plan, which is Friday. So, with it being do or die, you guys got to remember this. Do or die. Everything's coming. You got to battle. You have to hustle. You have to grind. And that's exactly what the Chicago Bulls did. The, the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, actually make me sick. They make me sick to my stomach. It was a very interesting game. A very interesting game. The Raptors were up by 19. Up by 19. And they somehow managed to lose that game. Their biggest lead. The largest lead for Toronto was 19. Then for the Chicago Bulls, 4. Fouls are pretty even. Points in the paint was dominated by the Bulls. 12 points, but still. Fast break points was won by the Bulls. Um, turnovers, they had five less turnovers, five lesser turnovers than what Toronto had, 16 to 11. They had more blocks, they had more steals. Assists were pretty much the same. Now, they did get our rebounded, but they got the job done. They shot better from the line. Both teams made 18 free throws, but, but, the Bulls only had 22, whereas Toronto, the Raptors had 36. And anytime you miss more than 10, when you miss double digit free throw attempts, that's bad. Because those are 18 points. Let's just say you just capitalized on 5 more. You would have won the game. But if you would have made all 18, then that's different. If you would have made 100%, the game's over. Just put that in perspective. The Raptors just struggled. The Raptors 100% struggled. And this is where it gets hurt. This is where it gets a little, a little heartbreaking for the Raptors. Celebratory for the Bulls. But I, I'm just going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run you guys through this. Because I watched three-fourths of the game. So like, oh, they're up by 19. I had to go anyways. I just had to do different things. I couldn't watch the game anymore. But you guys know where I'm coming from. So, Alex Caruso connected from the corner to tie the, the game at 91, with 7 8 to go in the game. Pat Beth scored a free with 5 7 remaining. That gives the Bulls a three-point lead, 96-93. Van Vliet knocks down a three-pointer with 3-11 to go to tie it at 100. But then, Lavina DeRozan replied with baskets for the Bulls. So, then... Barnes and Siakam each made one of their two at the line inside the final two minutes. Um, now, what gets really crushing is Fred Vliet missed a free that would have tied the game. However, Siakam's driving dunk with 19 seconds to go in the game cut it to 105-104 after a timeout. Zach Levine pushed the lead to free with a pair of free throws. 
Now, this is where it gets really interesting. And you're like, we're about to have another ice in our veins mode like we saw with Mike Connolly before the Timberwolves couldn't make another shot to save their life. Caruso, Alex Caruso, fouled Pascal Siakam on a free, but the Raptors' elite superstar missed his second and third attempts. He cashed in on the first one, but the pressure, it just got too much. The ball did not agree with the shot. Such it would, No, it just was too big, and he missed two of his free free throws. That hurts. That hurts. That's why free throws are so important. That's why you can't be missing 10 plus free throws in a game. That's why you can't be missing 50% of your free throws when you know that you're having 30 plus in a game. That's bad. The Raptors led 58-47 at the break. And Fairly hit a half-court shot at the buzzer. But Levine and the Bulls trailed 81 to 72 heading into the fourth. Heading to the fourth, they cut it down to nine. Within ten. Like that is insane. I, I just, I can't believe that. Because that hurts. Free throws are a killer. And that's what cost them the game again, too. Because that could have been the game tying. That could have been the game altering. That could have been the game altering. Absolute insanity. They could have tied it up. They could have forced OT. Like the Timberwolves did against the Lakers. Yet. This, that, that one hurts. And now the Raptors go into the offseason with the potential of Fred Emily now returning. And them breaking up their core. Because remember, OJ and Obi was also not happy. But I'm going to cover that later. But right now, the Bulls. That, that just hurts. For the Raptors. So the Bulls. This is a time for celebration and just being thankful that they're able to come back. They're down by 19. They just rallied. So props to them. I picked the Raptors. I thought the Raptors could get the job done. And if they made their free throws, they would have. They would have gotten the job done. But DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine carried away. More so Zach Levine because he teed off for 12-22 from the field for 39 points. He went 39-6-3 and three and won in that game. Plus 11 for the game. And then DeMar DeRozan was 10-19, 3-5 from the line, for 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. So let that be known that everyone had a role. Absolute insanity. Like, everyone did well for the most part. If you look at the Raptors, you see Pascal Siakam, who 
who went 5-11 from the line, still scored 32 points, had 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 steal, off of 13-22 from the field. That's not bad at all. That's very efficient. Besides the free throws, but the whole team struggled. Besides Precious Achawa. I'm sorry if I botched his last name. He went perfect from the line, 2 of 2. But besides that, he really didn't do anything else. Fred Vliet, he was a, he struggled. Efficient from deep, 7 of 13, but everywhere else in 42 minutes. I, I get he got 26 points, but 8 of 22. But now he did have 12 rebounds, 8 assists with a steal and a block. So he did make up for it. There's pros and cons to his game. Um, uh, Pertle, I just found out that I've been saying Jacob Spout's name wrong. It's not Jacob Spout, it's Jacob Pertle. I guess that's what everyone's calling it. I have to check, but it's Jacob Pertle. I'm sorry. I never noticed till now. He only got four shots, but he did have eight rebounds and three assists with two blocks. So... It was, this was just a very unfortunate, heartbreak game. But that's just the game of basketball. It comes down to runs and momentum for a lot of these games. I've been saying that a lot. It was a close game until the end. Should have been. Probably not. The home team, the Toronto Raptors, should have been able to take care of business by making their free throws and cracking down. Honestly. Honestly. I, I do believe that. Because they out-rebounded them. They out-assist them. You care less about the steals and blocks. And I get the turnovers are higher. But you had the momentum and free throws. You were getting the whistle. It's actually really funny. The Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls got called for more. But you. It's actually really crazy. You can't have 30 plus free throw attempts. And be tied with your opponent at the end of the game. 18 apiece. That's bad. Bulls went 18 of 22. That's very efficient. 18 of 36. That's bad. Those, they had 14 more attempts than the Bulls. You need to cash in on those. Those are wasted opportunities. Those are wasted points that just cannot happen. And I'm being honest when I say that. I'm being dead honest when I say that. And also, I do want to say this because this was honorable and I found it pretty funny. Um, just like an honorable mention type of thing. And who knows? Maybe maybe the reason why Toronto couldn't score was because of DeMar DeRozan's daughter. Every time, because she was sitting adjacent to the Chicago bench, uh, DeRozan's daughter was screaming every time that the Toronto Raptors were taking free throws. Any Raptor player. Did not matter. She was screaming. She was trying to get in her head. It was absolutely incredible. Um, it was actually really funny. She talked her dad into skipping a day of school to attend the game. Like that's actually pretty funny. Now the Rosen said he sent back his daughter back to sent his daughter back to school. Meaning she won't be there at Friday's game against the Heat. But still, really fun nonetheless. That she had courtside uh, court, uh, side tickets. And boom, bada bang, she's affecting the game. She's, she's the real MVP. I'm going to leave it at that. You scream, you cause distractions, and they miss 18 free throws. Okay. 
that's some legit stuff. That's MVP. That's who you give the game ball to. You give DeMar so DeMar can get it to his daughter. Just saying. Makes perfect sense in my book. And to wrap it up, guys, Chicago outscored Toronto 37-24 to in the fourth, which sums up their entire night. So, in a must-win game, the Bulls came back, they rallied back, and now they're facing the Heat. The Bulls or the, or the Heat will be facing number one seeded Bucks in the Eastern Conference for, uh, first round. So, pretty pretty crazy what's going to be happening in the offseason with the Raptors. I'm going to get with that more on next podcast episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is all I got. Like I said, I just wanted this to be short and sweet. I just want to get right to the point. wanted to break down both of these games. I wanted to summarize it for you guys. I'm going to have a much, 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 much larger podcast episode coming out on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But I just wanted to get you guys tuned in and focused again, especially if you guys cannot see the games. I just want to get you guys caught up. And guys, with that being said, this is all I have. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with family, friends, and even strangers. Do it. It's not It's not weird. It's completely normal. Just do it. Anyways, I'm signing off. And with that being said, I'll catch y'all Friday. Peace out. Ah! 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 Ah!